Welcome to the Rival and Queen podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. We're so happy to be here. This is this is a nice connection today, Sarah. Happy Thursday, world. Happy Thursday. We hope everyone is having an amazing week out there during these crazy times. And we're happy you're here listening and spending your Thursday with us or whatever day it is. Yeah. I'm very excited today. We've got Gabrielle Dubois in the house who you came across exploring a passion yeah. for us, Ashley. I know. I mean, I don't think it's a secret that you and I are very curious about health, wellness, beauty, all these things. And I came across Gabby and I thought we should talk to her because she really dives into a lot of interesting insights when it comes to products and how they affect our overall well-being and our health and things you and I really didn't know much about. It's so interesting too because I've never really explored green beauty at all and this was something you were totally into and I kind of um, was a bit in the back seat on this one and it was fascinating to learn from Gabrielle like her journey into finding her way into green like green beauty what it's all about how she actually like she dove in head first but it was neat to kind of yeah. learn about things that we should be watching out for in products and how some of our most beloved products are <laughs> maybe not the best for us which is funny timing Sarah because I know you and I have both recently binge watched the Goop Labs, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's documentary on Netflix. And that's kind of what sparked Gabrielle's interest into green beauty was reading one of her books. So um, I think it was on clean beauty specifically. I know she has a lot of books, but there's a lot of research out there and a lot of information to kind of step into. So it can be overwhelming, but hopefully this episode shines a bit of light on something new or maybe some things you didn't know about how beauty products perhaps aren't that good for us and cost way more money than they need to be for what's included. Man, it was just so cool to learn about green beauty and, and, you know, it's not for everyone, but it was a great introduction to, even if it's something you're interested in, how to learn more about it. And something fascinating from this episode was when she told us that brands hide ingredients that they use under the term I was just going to say under the term perfume, sometimes also in French, but I was going to say it in French. Perfume. Perfume. Please do. And I didn't know that at all. I thought that was very interesting. Very clever. It's definitely similar to what happens in the food industry. You know what I mean? Like all these different labels and all these different marketing things that are out there to try and get you to buy specific brands. So I think all in all, you need to do your research if it's something you do care about and you want to pursue further, for sure. Totally. I've been, I'm glad you brought up Goop because as you said, Katie and I are not through it yet, but we've been watching it at home and we are totally into it. Uh, we've been doing all the free online courses from all the episodes. <laughs> and okay. today we started the Wim Hof breathing and we've... I I'm so happy you guys watched that one because that one spoke to me and I was like, Sarah is going to just put her arms in the air and be so happy. I wasn't even that into it, to be honest. And then today I tried it. I don't know if Katie's done it yet or not. I'll check after. But I like ran upstairs after and was like, you need to do this right now. <laughs> but my whole and body so felt easy. paralyzed when I was doing it. Like, really? Oh, yeah, I friggin loved it. And then I was super high after I was like, this is dope. I felt a sense of calming after I think it just the sense of like being and focus and really really focusing on breathing um yeah definitely cool so check 
that out, whoever. We're going to be super lit up by the time we get out of isolation. I think Katie's like. And I also have to say, I didn't love Gwyneth Paltrow before. Like, I didn't not like her, but I didn't love her. Now I think she's pretty cool. I'm into it. Oh, I'm so into her. But there is an episode, and, and I feel like we just missed her. Like, we're a little too young for, like, her peak time. Well, we didn't mm. miss her. We were around, but, like, we didn't understand that, probably. And... I was dying. I'm like dying laughing when people are talking about her as like a big sex symbol and stuff. And I'm like, maybe she was. I didn't know. And I'm like, this is not how I, I thought. Have to ask a man. If anyone out there is has, I was going to say dibbin. That's not a word. Has dove into the goop labs <laughs> and is on the train. Please tell us and let us know what you're loving. Which has been your favorite episode so far? I don't know. I think the Wim Hof one now because I'm so amped about it afterwards. He's such a cool guy too. Look him up, anyone who who wants to see him and check out his YouTube channel. I watched one on um, ways to deal with, you know, what's happening as far as the coronavirus. And he's just so excited about it. He's like, paint, do crafts with your kids, like do all these things and explore your mind. And he's just such a positive. Man, I love his accent too. Is he Norwegian? I forget. I shouldn't make any claims. Mm. I feel like he was Dutch. Maybe. Oh, he is Dutch. Okay. So yeah. I love when Dutch people speak English. He's got like a thick accent and he's just like so into it. And he's like, yeah, man, like, let's rock our roll. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. There was one point when they were all sitting around the fire um, in the episode and they were all having a drink and he was drinking a beer. And I said, think he said, fuck. And Jeff was like, man, this guy is the coolest person ever. He's so um, cool. I'm so into yeah. it. What's your favorite episode, Ash? I think my favorite one, I do really like that one a lot, but before, because I was so into it, was the energy healing one. Yeah, with John Amaral. So I'm also doing his free 10-day workshop online. Ooh, I, I need to look into that. with way too many free educational videos. No, that one was just very cool. And it really, I think they all kind of open your eyes. They're a little more out there, but I, I believe, I believe in it all. I'm so into it. Uh, Ash, have you jumped on the whipped coffee craze? Okay. This is the second time someone told me about whipped coffee today. The first time was Kara Kim. She sent me a video of her whipping something. I thought it was cream for baking. And she sent me a picture, a bigger picture, and it showed almond milk. And she said, I'm making whipped coffee for Dave and I to have as a little afternoon treat. What the hell is it? Oh, here's what I'm going to tell you. Not an, um, this is probably an unpopular opinion. So I didn't know what it was. And then I get a call from my friend VK, who I go to Greece with uh, most summers. And she's like, have you seen this? Everyone's obsessed with whipped coffee. She's like, they think it's something new. She was outraged. She was a little outraged. I loved it. She's like, it's a friggin' frappe. Mm. So in Greece, they've been- Like a Starbucks fra- frappe? You could get a frappuccino or whatever? No, no, no. Like, sorry, But I mean, frappe. like in general, is that basically what it is? Coffee in a blender? No, it's instant coffee. Oh, I think I did see someone post about this too. But I don't Yeah, so it's instant, instant coffee, coffee mixed with ice. I, I I'm just pulling up a recipe right now so I don't mess this up because I haven't actually You're right. I saw someone you know when you go to that search page in your Instagram and you see like videos and content that they want you to see and there was a video and I think it was someone making it. And it, it did they make it with instant coffee in Greece as well? Yeah. And this is what okay. it was. Like we've so in Greece we used to go in the summers. I mean, we still go. We're not going this summer, evidently. <laughs> but probably not. We used to go that. get off the boat to go get a frappe every morning, 
And now they're kind of out of fashion in Greece, actually. Now they're into a new kind of one, and I don't know what that is. But they would get a shaker and start shaking together the instant coffee with a bit of water. Then they pour it over ice. There's sugar mixed in, and it's frigging delicious. And we've been obsessed with them. And now they're here finally. Hmm. So the the key is the instant coffee. Is that what makes it have like that whipped appeal? Yes. I haven't even tried it yet, so I'm going to make one. I'm going to get on the train, but I'm bringing it up because VK was a little upset that they've She's stolen upset. the Greek coffee as if it's a new trend. It sounds like, and no shade on Greece, but it sounds like it's something so simple that they tried to make so luxurious, but it just works. Oh, yeah. I think that's no shade on Greece, I think. So if I took my co- my coffee and I made it, put it in a bowl or something and I added little sugar ice water whatever and like whipped it that's not the same you need the instant coffee you need the instant coffee okay we'll have to buy some yeah i only get espresso 46 coffee from our favorite italian Federico. no we'll have to send some over for you i'll order some for you and get it shipped to the house and then try making it let me know how you feel i'm gonna try making it but this is the newest outrage that's been in my it's not an outrage This is just my only news right now. Also, I want to share something with you, unimportant. Tell me. Is that since I've been in isolation, I've noticed the last few days, I'm constantly getting like food in my hair. It's like I'm losing (laughs) the ability (laughs) to be like. Is that because you're not washing it or you're just eating very crazily? But it's sometimes as like I'm eating. Uh, yeah, maybe just because my hair is like out everywhere all the time. I'm like looking down and there's like food. I've like lost the ability to be a, a proper human. <laughs> this is not good. You know what? We all have our vices. Yours is this week. It's hair and your food and your hair. No, it's I'm going to have to get like a human like etiquette lessons before I go back out into the world. Okay. You know what? I went out into the world yesterday and I it felt very jarring. Just going to say that. So what did you do? Well, we went um, just to our office for a little bit, which we're allowed, full disclosure, to to go to. But just the the tour, even like going there and going in the building and being in the office, it felt really strange, like the first day of school or something. I don't know. Was it exhausting? No. I. Oh, I feel like now if I go on an outing, I'm tired after. Yeah, mentally it is like thinking about the events that have to unfold is exhausting but we went for only a few hours and it was nice but I wouldn't be able to put in a full day like (laughs) being out into the world like I need to be at home in my safe space warm you up Mm -hmm. I love that well I enjoy that we're picking up these habits have you not picked up any embarrassing isolation habits I just shared my food and the hair thing none for you I mean my hair as you can see is just in a bun I've been rocking a lot of lulus and sports bras and that's kind of like blah. So no embarrassing tidbits. I'll I'll write Jeff no. and see if he's got anything for me. No, no. <laughs> Except for the fact that I have breakdowns more than usual. That might be it. But uh, that, that's becoming under control. So I'm sending you energetic love through my hands and Thank through the you. computer screen right now, Ashley. Well, something I also want to mention we were just talking about before we start recording was our three-month Ben Beauty experience. Speaking of like the natural beauty way. So if anyone else wants to learn about Ben Beauty and check out their collagen powder and their anti-aging formula capsules, I think they're called, give those a shot. There's no reason you shouldn't be aging from the inside out. 
aging gracefully. And Ash and I really do love the Ben products. We've been, I mean, three months straight of doing them every single day. I've noticed that my trouble areas, so not even trouble areas. I'm not that upset about them. I've had forehead wrinkles since I was 16 or 17, but I see that decreasing, which is awesome. And like sunspots. So yeah, who, who doesn't love that? And I know it does help with the protection of being in this exposed to sunlight too and stuff. I think it helps build up your and as we're coming into spring and sunshine and summer, who doesn't want that? We need that. We need that. All right, Ash, let's dive in and hear from Gabrielle Dubois and get her to teach us all about the green bell, get her to teach us all about green beauty. Let's do it. Of course, everyone wants to feel good in their skin and should feel good about the products that you're spending a lot of money on and bringing them into your home. So today we have Gabrielle Dubois here to tell us a little bit more about beauty and green beauty and skincare. So welcome, Gabby. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. We're so stoked. I'm so excited to learn about green beauty. I know there's so much to talk about. I think it's like something I know nothing about other than I eat organic food. I like, I do okay with some of my products and like I have the green beaver toothpaste and like natural (laughs) deodorant. But when it comes to makeup and stuff, I have no concept of how to even kind of evaluate products and pick the ones that I don't even know the brands that are good for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. And I feel like it's getting so trendy now, like Sephora, like you go to their main page and it's like clean beauty at Sephora. And I think people are just getting more interested in learning more about it and exploring it. So um, there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of greenwashing um, and a lot of like strong, like I love green beauty. You can't use anything else. So I feel like I kind of hit the middle. So. So can you tell us a bit about your background, Gabby? Yeah, for sure. So Um, I originally was not into green beauty. I started off my journey, at least my career journey, going to school for nursing, which I completed. And I am currently a registered nurse. Halfway through, I would say probably graduating and then actually starting practicing as a registered nurse, I got really into spirituality and living better and being healthy. And that kind of allowed me to stumble upon a book by Goop, which was initially just like a nice coffee table book that turned into something I actually cracked open one day. I don't know why I was compelled <laughs> to open it, but I did. And in there, I started kind of learn more about green beauty. And I was always super fascinated with like YouTube. I was like an avid YouTuber watcher. I loved kind of like the whole blogging world. And then when I got introduced to clean beauty, I was like, this is something that I could maybe document in a form of like you know, a blog or an Instagram and YouTube. So then that kind of started my separate journey while still practicing as a full-time nurse, um, getting into kind of the blogging and YouTubing and specifically focusing focusing initially on green beauty, clean products, talking about ingredients, um, but more so just sharing my like preferences, my favorites, how to use it. Um, And then that just kind of evolved into sharing my like healthy lifestyle and kind of integrating my nursing background into that. So it all kind of all comes together. So it's, it is pretty cool. So you read that book, Goop, 
uh, mm-hmm. by Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Isn't that the founder? Yeah, and the Goop editor. So I think initially we had the Goop website and then all the publishers along that um, and editors put together the book and it has different components to it. So they have like a food and recipe section and then they do get into kind of like living well, sleep, you know, um, meditation. And then they have a soul section based on um, ingredients and you know, looking for clean products. And that's kind of what sparked my interest in in my journey and my research into all this clean beauty and why is there a divide? Is there a big divide? Is there like a group who's against it? I wouldn't say that there's like a group that's against it, but I definitely do think that there are some people, some maybe scientists. I don't even know. It's it's kind of hard because some people say like, you know, people are just like trying to be like fear mongers and they are all these ingredients like parabens are totally safe and, you know, it's totally fine. And then you have people who are like, I won't even put like, I don't know, something that has one toxic ingredient or like skin irritant on their body because it's going to cause cancer in their opinion. Like, I feel like there's two extremes and I feel like I kind of fall somewhere (laughs) in the middle and like I think that's probably like my science background and like my love for an appreciation for clean beauty and also having an understanding of what those people are saying in terms of the harmful ingredients in them. Totally. And I'm, and to clarify, I think I would probably be more like that. I'm like, maybe it's all fine. And the stuff with the chemicals won't hurt me. That's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't necessarily know, but yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do the stuff without the chemicals if I can a little bit. <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like that's kind of where everyone's journey starts to begin is like, just kind of acknowledging that like, maybe what you're doing is not like 100% beneficial for your body. I mean, it's like eating food, like people are like, you know, like, there is no such thing as green beauty or green beauty is just like a marketing tool. It's like, you could say the same thing about food and buying organic versus buying like McDonald's every day. Like, of course, it's going to be an unhealthy choice. And over time and overconsumption is going to cause unhealthy body. Same thing as harmful ingredients in your products. They still are available equally in food versus, you know, your, your beauty products. So I feel like sometimes that analogy helps people understand where I'm coming from. Totally. And one of a few weeks ago, we had on uh, Carrie Howling, who is a skincare therapist. And she actually just talked about the whole time. She's like, the skin is your biggest organ. Like your body is absorbing everything you put on it. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to think of it that way as well. Yeah, so I after, think, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, after you read that book, like, and you kind of had that um, spark of interest in finding out more about clean beauty, what, what did you do next? Like, how did you actually start to get into it? I went crazy. I think like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, I honestly was a makeup lover, like a hoarder of all the makeup products. I had just, I think it was like in November or something. And it was just around the Sephora beauty like sale where they had like 25%, no, 20% off for um, VIB Rouge. And at this time, this was like right before I had read that book. And I had bought all of the things like Marc Jacob. I had purchased like, I can't even think Becca Cosmetics, NARS, like so many things that were still in the packaging. And then like, I think a few days later after that package came, I read that and I was like, (gasps) And every single product I went through and I was like, got to return this, got to return this, got to return this. I literally looked crazy at Sephora, like, I'm just returning all of this. And they're looking, I'm like, okay. Um, 
Yeah. And I did that through initially, I feel like there's more resources now that I'm aware of that help to guide you through like what ingredients to look out for. But I use the Think Dirty app initially, which I just downloaded on my iPhone. And there's not a huge database. Like I would say maybe majority of products are on there, but there was definitely a lot of products on there that just I had that I couldn't find the answer to. So um, mm. then I went to EWG and that's just like such a pain because you're like literally typing in every single ingredient rather than it just being broken down for you. Um, but that's what I did. And then um, I went to this local beauty store that was all green beauty. And I was like, okay, like I'll get one of, not one of each, but like one mascara, one foundation, one powder. Um, and I'll tell you, like I literally hated every single product I bought. So, <laughs> and that's like, I feel has been my hesitation with green beauty and like cosmetics is, is it the same quality? Like, does it work the same? Not knowing which brands are actually fantastic or like work in the way that we expect them to. I think it can be, but there's definitely like some areas that depending on your preference in terms of makeup and how you like it could be a barrier. Like there's a few I could say definitely like color range is a huge barrier when it comes to clean beauty. Like there's usually only like several shades and a lot of the time they say like, it'll just like kind of like match your skin tone when you start to rub it in. It's like, not really like <laughs> there's different tones and stuff. So that was kind of a challenge that I noticed. I mean, for me, it's pretty easy for me to find my skin tone in this shade match, but um, I could definitely see that being a barrier for other people and like coverage foundation, like there's not a ton of high coverage foundations, mascaras that don't smudge or that are waterproof. Eek. Like there's definitely some things in some areas of makeup that are just like, well, I'm putting my thumbs down. I'm thinking that you guys can see this. <laughs> and then, um, but contrary to that, I would say skincare, like way better than like just regular skincare. Like, I don't think that there should even be a clean skincare. Like it's just the performance is way better, but makeup is definitely kind of behind. It's still growing. So where mm -hmm. did you go from? You went, you bought one of everything and you didn't like them. <laughs> yeah. So in Toronto, we have, um, there's, I think a location in New York now, as well as Los Angeles. And it's called the detox market. There's, I think three locations in Toronto. And there was one that was initially on like a high, like volume street, in Toronto and I initially discovered it prior to really being into green beauty and then I walked back in and I was like okay like I need someone to help me and they gave me suggestions and the selection was a lot less than it is now and I tried the full face like I did a full face of all the products and I wasn't really impressed I felt like you know like it's smudged like the mascara smudged the foundation wasn't right it kind of looks botchy and I was just disappointed and I did hold on to a few of my conventional products and like conventional is the name that we give products that aren't clean. And I just started using them again for a bit. And then I don't really know how I got back into it, but I think I had a connection with one of the marketing directors at the detox market. And she's like, you know what, like, let me give you a few products and just try them. So eventually through that, I was like, okay, like several foundations later, like this one actually works. And I think that happens just in conventional beauty too, but there's so many more reviews out there um, and so many more people sharing their opinions on foundations and different makeup products that it's easier for you to make your selection. 
um, versus the clean beauty world. It's your own trial and error than watching other people do it, which is why I wanted to share it on YouTube. Like this is what I think of this product. That's awesome. It, the only yeah. product or makeup products that I don't even know if they're considered green, which were huge a few years ago and I think still are, were the Arbonne makeup products. And I don't even know, are those considered to be green beauty products? Um, I would say probably not. Like, I think that's more of a greenwashing brand, especially if you look into some of the ingredients. Um, I mean, I feel like some reps might say against this, but, uh, not all of their products are bad, but some of their products may have like questionable ingredients that most people won't like if they're really into clean beauty. Mm. And I just think there's so many better products out there in terms of quality and pricing that is easier to return and is easier to try out than um, selecting Arbonne. And I think the same thing, like even Tarte, like that's kind of like a borderline brand. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. What are some of the brands that you do like the best? In terms of makeup, I would say Ilia Beauty is pretty good. The Ilia translucent powder is amazing. It's like very similar to the, there's like a NARS, um, setting powder that's kind of like very very finely milled and that's really good but yeah I feel like translucent powder is like a huge one like like loose setting powders for people to transition over because it's like that's something that you can be inhaling I didn't even think of that (laughs) yeah like some people are like just like what do I put on my skin it's like well what are the particles that could be floating around that you could be inhaling into your lungs oh god yeah like like talc for example I know that the um what's that really popular one Laura Mercier is that yeah. the, set, the setting powder? Yeah, yeah. that has like that. talc and stuff in it. And you could be inhaling talc into your lungs. Like. Actually, get it off your face. <laughs> oh, maybe use it like once every couple yeah, months. Yeah, maybe you like it. think about it. Like when you're like tapping off your brush, like you could be your all those little, little particles flying around. Um, you're more likely to inhale. Same thing with like if you use powder dry shampoo, like be careful of that. Oh, God. Um, well, I don't use powder dry shampoo, so. Well, even aerosols. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, still, this is mm-hmm. opening up a, a part that I've never <laughs> thought about. Mm-hmm. So what are, like you're talking about, yes, inhaling some of these things. Are the things that we should be looking for that are like the particularly toxic or stuff that is kind of a standout for you when you're looking at different products? Yeah, I feel like there's like a general like guideline. I feel like most people are steering away from parabens recently. And parabens is like something that I feel like scientists like literally get on the side of their seat and they're like, jumping on to talk about this conversation because they're like parabens are safe parabens are safe like they've been tested for so long and used for so long but I think it's just also the quality of the synthetic that you know companies are using and where it's coming coming from and like I know that in some places in the EU like I think France they do use some parabens that but they use like a very like high quality like I don't know if it's like the molecular size or what it is about the paraben but it's not as harmful for us to absorb and have like basically circulating in our body um, versus, you know, some of the things that, you know, would be manufactured in other parts of the countries that don't have as strict guidelines. Um, At least that's my understanding. But in general, I tend to stay clear of parabens if I see them in products because it's an unnecessary ingredient that's so easy to eliminate with other well, basically paraben is a preservative. So there's so many other preservatives that you can be using that are less harmful. Hmm. Um, and a lot of the time you see that as a marketing tool, like paraben-free, paraben-free. Um, so that one, I feel like why have it? 
um, unless you're purchasing something that's like a super high quality, maybe actually manufactured in France, but I would still kind of background check it. I know fragrance is kind of an iffy one and I don't mind actually having fragrance, like essential oil fragrance in my products, as long as I trust the brand that's making it. But if you see fragrance or perfume, like P-A-R-F-U-M or perfume inside of a product, it's usually this umbrella term to hide a bunch of other ingredients because basically there was this like uh, a law or something um, where if you have, let's just say, a proprietary fragrance and you don't want others to know what that fragrance is made up of so that you can keep it for yourself and not have other people steal your fragrance, you can put that basically all those ingredients under the umbrella term of fragrance. And then what happens is that if you want to, any other ingredient, you can just hide under that term so people don't have to necessarily disclose some of the more, I don't know, unfriendly ingredients. Controversial. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So crazy. Yeah, so that's definitely one. Um, And you know what? I feel like if you see fragrance and you're like, well, I thought this was a clean brand, I would highly recommend just sending them an email. If they have nothing to hide, they'll be very transparent with what it is, especially because you're an average consumer. Like, what are you going to do with their fragrance list? Like, go make a product? Probably not. So um, usually they're pretty transparent about it if they're not trying to hide anything. So um, I did that with a brand, which I really love, called Sahaja. And I was like, listen, I see fragrance in one of your products. Like, can you please tell me what that is? And she was like, you know what, like our manufacturer or like, our formulator, basically his, I don't know, like he had to say fragrance, like he wanted to hide it, but like I can share what it is so that you know that you feel safe. He's something. I was like, okay, perfect. That's so awesome. That's a great tip. Yeah. And then, uh, like sulfates, not like sulfates in general, but like SLFs, um, SLS, which are like sodium lauryl sulfates, sodium laureth sulfates. There's like two different ones. Um, and those are obviously foaming agents. You see them commonly in like hand soap and soap. And those are not necessarily bad in itself. They're more skin irritants, but a lot of those can be contaminants with a really harmful ingredient, which is a known carcinogen, which is 1,4-dioxin. And you're never going to see that on a label. Like you're never going to look at a label and see like one four dioxin because like it's a carcinogen. Why would you advertise that? But um, there's so many ingredients that in the processing of it can actually be contaminated with that. So um, SLS are a common one and um, other different types of, what is it? I think it's like DMDM something. It's like a formaldehyde releasing product. And that's usually found in hair colorants. So if you're dyeing your hair at home, especially dark colors, they often have um, formaldehyde-releasing ingredients, which you're inhaling. Like, you know, when you're doing your hair, if you've ever colored your hair dark, I did this in high school, and it's like this obnoxiously, like, fragrant, chemically smell. Yes. you inhaling probably formaldehyde-releasing ingredients. Oh, God. I think of, Ashley, I'm just going to tell you a story very quickly. Once mm-hmm. in university, we dyed uh, Lindsay Hines' hair, one of my roommates, Katie, uh, is one of my best friends. She was on our first episode of the show. But the three of us lived together. We all had strawberry blonde hair, some some shade of, of red hair. She thought she was going to dye her hair just a couple shades darker, and it came out like black. I remember oh it as the most devastating <laughs> night of our life. Like she went in a room crying and shut the door, and I just remember so vividly Katie and I standing outside in the hallway looking at each other being like, this is not good. 
but oh, I remember God. the smell as well. <laughs> I did that with henna. It was like, I was in high school and I had like naturally like kind of like light brown hair and I had dyed it a darker brown. I was like, let me add like a tint of like red to it. And I had a friend who had significantly darker brown hair than me. And we both, you know, bought this thing from Lush and we cut it in half because we each used half. And her hair had this like beautiful, like, just like sheen of red in the sunlight and mine turned like fire engine red (laughs) and we had left it in our hair overnight washed it the next morning and we're like early in the morning leaving for a ski trip and this is when I lived in Vancouver and I was like bawling my eyes out I was like oh fuck oh sorry I don't know if I can swear that's fine Um, I mean I don't think I might probably said that I was in grade 10 anyway another reason for people to not dye their hair at home oh my god yeah so I don't recommend henna unless you have dark hair because it looks beautiful in her. But. If you do have a photo of that uh, experience, I don't, we'd love to don't. see I think I deleted <laughs> so many high school photos. <laughs> so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Beauty mistakes, at least. Oh, my God. Oh, that was so bad. I used to, like, be super obsessed with, super obsessed with mascara. Um, I still love mascara. Like, that's, like, one of my, like, ride-or-die makeup products. If I were to leave my house, I'd probably have mascara, bronzer, and like a little bit of concealer on, but I went way too overboard with the mascara. And I remember one person in, I, was, I actually have a picture of this, <laughs> so different proof. <laughs> one person turned over to me um, in high school in one of my classes and she's like, you know, Gabby, you're so pretty, but maybe if you just wore less mascara, like I think that would look <gasps> a lot better on you. And I remember being so offended and being like, who? does she think she is because I thought I looked so good because I used to put like coat and coat and coat and they'd be like spidery like thick lashes and I probably have like five lashes on each eye because they just clump together (laughs) I look at the photos I'm like oh god she was right oh my god kind of like the one of the finalists on the bachelor oh I I was actually gonna say like (laughs) oh yeah I remember looking like that's my high school nightmare what's her name I forgot Maddie Madison I remember yeah. looking, being like, why so much mascara? I think it was the bottom lashes were too intense or something. Oh, my God. I'll send you guys a photo because it's so funny. Unless I find it on my Facebook, I'll like, show you on this Zoom. That's amazing. Oh, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> so, Gabby, if people don't want to, you know, whether it's read a book or just kind of cut and throw out all their products right away, what do you recommend or some steps that might help them start to clean out Um, the products that they might have that are toxic or harmful at home? Yeah, I think that there's like a few ways you can go about it. I think either you could first just like as you finish a product, you can look at replacing it with something that's a bit cleaner. Um, I think the other thing you go about doing is think of like replacing the things that might be the most I don't want to say like the most harmful, but maybe increasing your chances or increasing your risk of having more product being absorbed. So I would say like, think about surface area. Are you, you know, applying a body lotion and over your entire body? Like obviously that's absorbing way more than if you just put it on your face. So um, replace body lotions if you use them, replace sunscreens, replace um, tanning lotions if you use them, um, self tanners. <laughs> Anything that's like your whole body, like that is being absorbed on a much larger surface area than just like foundation on your face. So um, I think that would be a tip. Things that maybe are a little bit more porous, like your scalp absorbs a lot. So replacing some of your hair care products, definitely easing on dry shampoo because 
there's a lot of bad ingredients in dry shampoo and especially for someone who constantly uses dry shampoo like I know like I've definitely been guilty of this but if you're using dry shampoo like 95% of the time versus actually washing your scalp like that's really harmful not only for your scalp but like also just like it's gonna basically stop your hair from growing so I feel like that's a huge like people are like oh I want my hair to grow I want my hair to grow and then it doesn't she has obsessed with growing her hair and hair care so you frightened her um, no, that's so like okay. So just no more dry shampoo, or is there no, like- no. You can still use Limit. dry shampoo, but like I would say, you know how like people will be like, oh, I'm on my fifth day and I'm haven't washed my hair. I just like use dry shampoo. Um, that's layer after layer after layer. And have you ever like run your hands through your head when you've had dry shampoo and you kind of like feel like you can scratch your head and you have like stuff in your nails? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's built a product nice. basically suffocating your hair follicles. I feel like I had something else. Let me see. Um, oh, the inhalants, anything that you can inhale. So those are like yes. high risk ones. We talked about um, the translucent powders, the loose powders, definitely um, like hairsprays or like any aerosol products, face mist. If you're using any face mist that have, you know, ingredients and you're misting over face, like nine times out of 10, I probably coughed and like choked when having something sprayed on my face. So do you mean like the makeup setting sprays as well? That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. It's my like urban decay all night. Keep the makeup locked on your face. When I think yeah. about that. It probably is not good for me. <laughs> Maybe on occasion, Sarah. Just limit that. Yeah. And I feel like that's another thing. Like on my sister's wedding, like I did not use clean beauty. I'm like, I need something to hold up. I need waterproof. I need a, like a heavy yeah. coverage foundation. And I can find that in green beauty. So I just used, you know, conventional products and like, I think a lot of it is about just reducing your exposure. And if it just means eliminating one thing of your life, that's reducing your exposure each and every day. And you just do, you know, once at a time, like that's what actually builds change. It's like, you know, if you want to have this end goal of losing weight, for example, you know, a lot of the time people fail because they do the exercise, they do the dieting, they do three liters of water, they do wake up at five in the morning every day. And it's just too much for someone to actually create a change. So honestly, and that works for people, like it worked for me, but I think a lot of the time, just like, I'm going to start with my toothpaste and then I'm going to, you know, now let's do my shampoo. And, you know, someone recommended this foundation. I'm going to do that now. Like just gradual, I think is a really good tip. And that's a great tip. That makes also sense. resources. Like I think, especially because Sephora, I feel like is like a massive place that people shop. And now that everyone's quarantining themselves, I mean, everyone's doing online shopping. And one of the tools that I got, I think you need Google Chrome for this because it's a plugin and it's so good. I think it's called Clear. Yeah. Like C-L-E-A-R-W. No, that's not, that's, not, that's wait, Why? <laughs> glitching a if you guys I'll text it to you okay. so you guys can see um and basically what happens is that you go into a product and then you just click your little <gasps> icon for the plugin and it will automatically just basically analyze all of the ingredients under that product Ooh. and it'll say in three categories like toxic I think like moderate harm or like potential harm and then just like restricted ingredients so something that is okay, but just in certain countries, they've restricted the amount or percentage that you can put into a product that's safe. I'm literally opening up Sephora now. I just added this plugin. 
<laughs> let me go it's see so what good I and it tells ordered. you why <laughs> and it gives you resources and sources of where this information is coming from it's not just someone like plugging it in it's actually coming from different actual credible resources so um I think that's like oh a good God. tool to use that is an amazing tip I'm so glad you told us about that one yeah and then you can just st- like decide for yourself like sometimes like it'll like flag an ingredient it's just like may cause skin irritation. It's like, okay, well, like, I don't really care about that. So I'll risk it. Totally. Oh, that's and I think a- it's so important because you mentioned the term greenwashing to kind of confirm things that are actually green beauty versus what are being advertised because I feel so confused by a lot of advertising sometimes. I know. Oh, it's, it's similar to the food industry, I guess, kind of making claims that aren't. Necessary. Yeah, for sure. Even like the clean at Sephora is a bit misleading, for example. Like I think that they advertise Drunk Elephant, which actually the brand itself never claims to be clean. They just use like a certain kind of um, guideline of helping people, I think, with like skin irritations to like fragrance and essential oils. And they're not really focused on like using clean ingredients. And I remember hearing that from the founder herself. And then also, what is the other brand? Um, There's another brand that they carry on there. And I'm just like, why? Cover FX. Like, that's not a clean brand. You can look into the ingredients and you're like, I don't know why Sephora decided that that was clean. Oh, my gosh. I just searched it on the clear and it's like potentially toxic. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I hope I don't have any. <laughs> no, no. I'm, it's too, it's too late because I just searched the hyaluronic acid that I use, which is not, is obviously going to have stuff in it because it is an acid. It's meant to. Yeah. Like, I, I, like when it's saying like an acid's going to like irritate your skin, you're like, no shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. So that, but that's a great tip to even just start evaluating. And if you can make some changes and accept some risk, like make that call on your own yeah like I don't think there's like a def like definitive answer like I think it obviously if something's saying it's a carcinogen like probably avoid it but like I'm pretty sure like overcooked bacon's a carcinogen but I'm still gonna eat it because that's how I cook my bacon (laughs) (laughs) that's true like like enter at your own risk but it's nice to at least know the risks exactly because I think like for so long ever like this has not been known it's like you know, if everyone like back in the 80s and the 70s thought that smoking wasn't going to kill you and then all of a sudden this information's coming up, like same thing with like drinking alcohol and pregnancy, like people would still be doing it if there wasn't information out there. People still do it, but they know like how to limit their exposure to it. Like a glass of wine is not going to kill you if you like just things like that. Like I think it's all about knowing the risks and then knowing how frequently it's safe, like how safe it is to frequently, I don't know what I'm trying to say here how yeah exactly like i think how, even so more importantly it's just like you even bringing up like when we think about clean at sephora like it's still worth looking into the products just because a brand has like done the work for you mm-hmm. if this is something you actually care about you really want to do the work for yourself yeah and, like, actually make sure it meets the standards that are important to you and the other thing too is that like people use because it's so trendy like all types of brands are like jumping on this like I got a package because I do get like products sent to me. I got a package from, I think it was CoverGirl or something. And it comes like all like green and they have like this new packaging and it's vegan, but it's like vegan doesn't mean clean, but you're using kind of like these terms that make it look um, and like packaging that makes it look like it's more clean. So people are kind of jumping on this trend of 
making products look more friendly and cleaner and I don't know, eco-friendly to consumers so that they buy it because it's so trendy right now. Same thing with like Sally Hansen, I believe has this like no pure vegan limited ingredient, limited ingredient. Yeah. Limited ingredient. (laughs) I'm like thinking about like limited ingredient, like food baking stuff, but um, nail polish. And again, like so many brands that are conventional non-green brands are jumping on kind of creating a line that's green. Um, And they use terms like natural, naturally fragranced, naturally derived, um, environmentally friendly, vegan, paraben free. Like these are all just kind of like target words that basically trigger something in consumers' brains that it's healthier than the next thing on the shelf. That's a really good reminder, basically, of kind of what this greenwashing is Mm -hmm. and, and how to just be aware for it. Yeah. Totally. And uh, like, I guess on that point, have you noticed any difference in your skin since you have switched to natural products or any changes? Um, yes, but in full honesty, it's cause like, I never really liked skincare and I just didn't do skincare before I got into clean beauty. Like, Oh, you're my I girl. Think, <laughs> I think I use like Clarins <laughs> because my mom would buy me like those massive, like Clarins bottles at each like Christmas she'd be like okay use this and I'd be like the milk cleanser and like the toner and I'd be like okay and like every once in a while I would wash my face but um I was more of like a clean and clear makeup wipe remover type of person um and then I just got super into skincare totally randomly because I was like all these skincare products are so cool um and then I got really into learning about ingredients not necessarily like the bad ingredients but the good ingredients and Um, I never really had like awful skin, especially in my teenage years. It was more like my university years when I was like starting to drink and like eat more like processed foods and not have home cooked meals. And I got sick in my first year. So like, then I was like, oh shit, like my skin's pretty bad. And then I kind of got a little bit more into skincare and then now I've been really into it. And I would say the only thing that I've really noticed is my skin just looks a lot healthier, a lot more even in skin tone. Um, a lot more glowy and I'm feeling way more confident not putting makeup on. That's awesome. I was actually wondering the same thing, like what improvements or things you've, you've seen. So that's good to know, but I feel like you're right. Everyone's skin is so different and we react to things so differently. It could be something that's natural that works for me, but doesn't work for you. So I think it is all trial and error, no matter what Mm -hmm. you're using new products that you kind of have to work for you. Yeah, but that's absolutely. a good disclaimer too, is to like not expect to it just amazingly transform your skin and to be aware that it might just be that product or one of the ingredients that they use exactly. and to try something else. Yeah. Like not everything's going to cause miracles, especially after one use. And sometimes like I have that, like, I'm like, I'm going to use this once and like my skin's going to be like amazing, but it does also skincare specifically, like it needs to be used repeatedly over a course of X amount of weeks to actually notice results for the most part. Totally. Are there any skincare brands that you really love? I feel like we've got a few great ones in Canada that are like Canadian brands. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let me think about Canadian brands. There's definitely a lot of Canadian brands that I've used, but I have to say I probably use more American brands. That I'm like a diehard obsessed with. Okay. Canadian brands, the Hodgins skincare. That's amazing. That's actually a Toronto brand. Um, and the founder, Lisa Matam is so knowledgeable, especially about Ayurvedic ingredients. And that was so cool to hear her explain 
you know, like why her oil cleanser is not the same as like a regular oil cleanser, why people who have oily skin shouldn't be scared of um, oil cleansers. And yeah, she was just like, the ingredients she uses are definitely a lot more unique than what you'd find in like a traditional skincare brand because they're using ingredients that are from like ancient times that have been used in like herbal skincare, you know, regimens and stuff like that. And you can tell that she doesn't make a huge profit margin on her products because she invests so much money on the quality of the ingredients. And I definitely admire that. So her products for sure. I like Agent Achar a lot. And I feel like I talk about them so much that people think I'm sponsored by them, but I'm not. (laughs) What was their name again? Agent Achar. Ah, um, she has really great deodorants and she just released one with probiotics in them, which I think is a really cool concept. Um, but she's got like this vitamin C powder as well as like a vitamin, not vitamin C, um, a holy water, which is like rose water, hyaluronic acid, pearl. Um, and she also has a supplement with Dr. Will Cole. And yeah, I really just like her, like, scientific approach as well as like acknowledging that synthetics aren't all bad so I wouldn't say that her products are like borderline conventional I would say they're pretty clean but she does manufacture in um, Europe so that's pretty cool totally so if people continue to use these sorts of shampoos and and makeup products all these sorts of things what are some of the long-term effects of putting these toxins into our bodies? Yeah, I think one of the first things even to address too is that like um, kind of going back to like the like extremists when it comes to green beauty is that like I just want to clarify that like 100% of the product ingredient does not get absorbed into your body. Like it's not 100%. Like the whole, you know, breakdown of the product does not get fully absorbed into your bloodstream. And while our skin is an organ and is our largest organ, it is also meant to be a barrier for our internal Mm -hmm. organs. And we have to always remember that, that, you know, while our skin is an organ, it's a barrier for everything else that we have internally that we are worried about, you know, uh, compromising. So I think the thing is, is that while you may have intact skin, stuff still gets absorbed. But a lot of the time, you know, we don't think about, you know, my skin's dry, you have micro tears that can increase your absorption. You have breakouts on your skin or cuts or, you know, eczema or any type of broken damaged skin can also increase the absorption to your skin. And yes, things get absorbed to your skin, obviously. That's why there's transdermal medicine out there because things get, you know, absorbed into your bloodstream and circulated through your body. And, there's blood pressure medications, there's um, opioids, there's uh, hormones like estrogen, testosterone. Those are Mm. all um, transdermal uh, medications available. So these are different types of medications that are affecting different types of our body, our reproductive organs, our brain for let's say Alzheimer's, there is a transdermal medication. Like if these are affecting different parts of our organs, you can imagine that this is obviously circulating through our whole body and affecting all our organs. So we have to think about that when we are looking at just generalized products we're applying on our skin. Basically, once we get past that whole absorption um, part and it is in our body and think about applying this every single day, there's a little bit, a little percentage getting into our bloodstream every single day, touching all of our organs every single day. Um, It can cause issues depending on what it is that it's affecting. So 
Um, like we were mentioning, there's endocrine disruptors, there's um, issues with organ toxicity, respiratory toxicity, uh, reproductive issues kind of going along with hormones. I think when people think endocrine disruptors, they automatically think that it's like going to be like sexual hormones um, and our reproductive system. It doesn't necessarily mean that. We have so many different hormones um, and our endocrine system is made of a bunch of different hormones that are very multifaceted and it's very complex, but uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, if I'm pregnant, then this matters. It can be mm. so many other things like your sleep pattern, your mood, um, things like that. But I would say the main issue is obviously carcinogens. So causing cancer, um, respiratory issues, um, as well as just like toxin overload. So think about it. We have our detoxing organs. Those include mostly our kidneys and our liver. Mm. So our liver basically filters so many different medications, but as well as our kidneys, that's what excretes our urine and excretes different types of um, toxins, byproducts, waste um, out of our body. And they can get overburdened and we could get liver damage. We can get like liver failure if they are overburdened with too many toxins and too much work. So while they're trying to filter out pollution in the air, environmental factors, the food we eat, the alcohol we drink, everything else, if we're putting even more on top of that, then it's just added stress. So I would say that's another thing to keep in mind is we could be weakening our main source of detoxifying from our bodies by just overburdening them with ingredients that we could eliminate pretty easily. Yeah. And that's kind of like the philosophy behind how you got into this, I guess, as well. Mm -hmm, exactly. Why add extra stress? Yeah, exactly. And like, it should be something enjoyable. Like the last thing you want to do is like put something on your body and feel like bad about it. Um, like no one wants to feel guilty for something. And I think that's why it's like, if it's making you feel good, whatever, you take that risk. But if it honestly, you're more worried about it than you are happy about it, like just find something else. Totally. I, th I think that is fantastic advice. Uh, Gabrielle, I have one last question for you and sure. Ashley may have others, but you mentioned sunscreen. And mm. as soon as you said it, I was like, oh my God, she's right. It covers my whole body head to toe. What is a good non-toxic sunscreen? There are quite a few. I would say like Centegrity is a good um, one. There's a brand Super Goop. They have good ones. Mm. You can actually get I would just say the main thing is to stay away from chemical sunscreens. So chemical sunscreens are like um, oxybenzonate, oxybenzone. Um, I think it's called avobenzone. There's different types of ingredients. So just kind of look at what it is, uh, the ingredient list. Um, and there was actually just a study, I think, that came out this past summer um, about how chemical sunscreens need to be banned because they are endocrine disruptors and they are um, toxic to our bodies. So I think they are being phased out. So we want to use mineral sunscreens instead. So it could either be just zinc oxide or it can also be... Um, I just picked up the Kula sunscreen, which is meant to be um, a mineral sunscreen with zinc oxide. So I'm hoping... <laughs> we'll have to check that one out, Sarah. In the I know. I'll look it up now. I was also told the Murad or Murad has a really good um, mineral sunscreen, mineral sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. I know in like has, um, mineral sunscreens, but they also have 
chemical sunscreens. Their aerosol ones, I think, are mostly all chemical sunscreens. Usually aerosol sunscreens are more likely chemical sunscreens. And then to get even like more in depth into sunscreens is that there's also like nano versus like larger particles. Um, so if you're using like a nano sunscreen, it's small enough that can like penetrate through your skin, then still get absorbed oh, versus it, yeah, non-nano. So uh, you want to get non-nano mineral sunscreen because Got it. you can get nano zinc um, sunscreen. And then, oh my God, I need to search this other one. It's going to bother me. It's like on the tip of my tongue. This is so this. hard because you're trying to be smart and protect yourself from the sun and all the, the harmful rays. And then, but you're might be and not be w- like white. Like when you put sunscreen on, like usually if you have a clear sunscreen, it's likely uh, a nano sunscreen because non nano will usually be a little bit more white unless you have a tint. That's why a lot of um, mineral sunscreens for your face will add a tint to it so that you can't tell that it's white. Oh, that's good. I'm I okay with that. With clear sunscreen products. Yeah, like you know, like when you like apply like the aerosol ones, like they come out clear. Yeah, oh, the aerosol ones do. Mm-hmm. I just used that when I was in Florida. Oh no, <laughs> bad for the ocean. Titanium dioxide—that's the other one. Those two are mineral sunscreens. Sometimes you'll just see one, um, and sometimes you'll see two. But um, as long as you're getting an SPF of like I think thirty, usually if it's above thirty, like the actual like protection rate is like less and less. And, um, I think it's like 20 to 30 is like kind of like the golden. Love it. Thank you. I just want to know if these products, numerous that you've mentioned tonight, if, are they more expensive or how are they kind of pricing compared to the average product? Great question. Uh, Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I think that's a big barrier to people also transitioning is that some of the products can seem extremely expensive, especially if you're used to buying most of your products from the drugstore. I started off buying all very high-end luxury kind of makeup products, for example, from Sephora. And so the transition might've been a little bit easier for me because the price range wasn't very far off from what I was used to spending. Um, But I think definitely if you are used to buying more affordable products, it seems a lot more difficult to find that similar price range in clean products. So there definitely is some clean skincare products, a few makeup products. I would say makeup would be more like well people. Um, And I think they're going to become more affordable now that Elf has bought them out. But um, skincare like a cure, they have really inexpensive products that are available like Whole Foods and online. I really like the the green beaver stuff I find is... I think the only well. thing that you lose with affordability when it comes to green skincare is maybe the, the luxury aspect. So that doesn't bother you. Like I love like displaying all my products on a shelf and like they won't be on the shelf if they're not pretty. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just like, uh, it's, I kind of judge a book by its cover and its packaging. Um, but also effectiveness is hugely important to me too. So if it looks pretty, but the performance is shit, then I won't use it. But um, I typically don't buy less expensive products because I don't like the way they look. Totally. <laughs> I think that people can also check their local farmer's market and some local stores that perhaps have small batch products and things that you can have. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like I remember going to Whole Foods and looking at their makeup, like they have like Gabriel Cosmetics, they have 
they had Saint cosmetics um and they were expensive like there was like an eyeshadow trio for like 36 dollars i'm like what the hell like it can be expensive um burt's bees like burt's bees has their makeup line i think that's like a good start for a drugstore um and physician's formula is also kind of like greenwash they do have some products that are not like the best but it's a good starting point as well that's good to know I think if people are used to getting their, their products at spas or Sephora, they might not be shocked as much, but if yeah. you're a drugstore shopper, it could be harder, but it's, I think, a good investment. I think you also have to look at it as well as a lot of the time, these brands are not as big as some of the ones you'll find at Sephora, and mm-hmm. they aren't making a huge profit because they are really sacrificing some of the profit for quality. And so some of these ingredients may be um, a little bit more expensive to manufacture so they aren't contaminated. So, you know, they are using healthier preservatives as a replacement to some cheaper ones. Like, I think that's another thing is like, you know, it's like buying organic berries, like they're fucking expensive, but like, if you really want to- They haven't been sprayed with stuff. Yeah, like I'll still buy non-organic berries and just like wash them. But I think it's just kind of like one of those things like kind of know that it's better for you and that like the processing's better. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like free range organic chicken eggs. Like I'm going to try and buy those when I can, but they are significantly more expensive. So it's kind of like that kind of situation for um, clean beauty. It's just it's higher quality there's less processing in terms of maybe the contamination. You, they're using more expensive preservatives. So I feel like you have to kind of keep that in mind. And they're usually using glass packaging, which is a lot more expensive because it's more eco-friendly. Totally. Well, and it can tick a lot of boxes too, though, if those are part of your values and then it can hit off a lot of those things for you at once. Yeah, it absolutely. It can definitely be worth that, that price. Yeah, point. and I like looking at their mission statements too. I'm like, okay, they'll give back xyz to like this foundation or um maybe for example like you guys um i think you guys interviewed ben beauty right yeah yeah so they were talking about how like they where's i going with this um they have like a huge sustainability um like plan in place and i feel like i'm so like on board to support someone who's so environmentally conscious on like such a large scale like oh, not like we'll donate $1 to this foundation for every blah, blah, blah. It's like they're actually being accountable for everything. So like that I'm like, oh, like I like take my money. Like I feel so good about helping in that regard. And investing in what they're what they're supporting. Exactly. That's a great point. Gabrielle, this has been so good. And now it's time. We will thank you and recap all of our <laughs> conversation of Mona. But right now it's time for our favorite time in the show. Uh, we're going to play Westy Grams, which is a game that is made up. So you don't know. Okay. What I'm is, like, probably. I don't know what that is. No, nope, <laughs> you don't have to. Okay, great. <laughs> it's a game that was made up by a friend of mine that Ashley and mm-hmm. I stole and we use it every episode. And if we were together, we're separated right now because we're in the heat of the coronavirus is hitting Canada. So we're and all Gabrielle's gone. also in Toronto too. So. And Gabrielle's in Toronto. <laughs> right. So we were going to be separated anyways, but Ash and I would have been together otherwise. That's right. Um, so we're going to play digital Westie Grams. And mm-hmm. how this works is you're going to pick a number between one and I think it's 92. Oh, 85. And okay. we'll read you the question. We'll each go around and answer a question. Okay, cool. Uh, 30. 
30. What are your three essentials that you have in your fridge or cupboard? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Um, definitely coffee. Honestly, (laughs) I love coffee. If I didn't have coffee, like, honestly, like, I, the first thing I would be buying, everyone's buying toilet paper, mine would be coffee. (laughs) I bought it. Screw the toilet paper, I need the coffee. Just in case. Um, Yes. Definitely coffee. Uh, Okay, this one's hard. I think another beverage, like, I love kombucha. It's not currently in my fridge, but I'm always craving it. If we had, if you had to, this is the perfect time to ask this question. We are going into essentials living. One of the three things that you're like, I have to have this in my fridge every day. You need to order kombucha by the sounds of it. Kombucha? Coffee. Uh, I know. I need to have something with like substance in it. Bananas. Ooh. (laughs) That's a great mix. I could live off bananas. I love bananas too. I freaking love that. Ash, give me a number. Oh, let's do 55. 55. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? I have. Ashley. <laughs> Not in a long time, but I have. I was very curious. And sorry, Gabrielle, if you smoked a cigarette an hour ago, my reaction, <laughs> that shouldn't be my reaction. <laughs> no, I, know. I, know, um, so. I would be very surprised if Gabrielle did, considering her. I know, like, considering the, the topics the- are so bad. I smoke every day. No. <laughs> that would no be very contradicting. That would yeah. be very contradicting. Okay, Ash, you've smoked a cigarette. Any any tales you wish to regale us with on that one, or you're keeping it tight-lipped? I'm keeping those ones in the back pocket. I'll tell you honestly, I've only ever... I've never smoked a cigarette. I had one puff of a cigarette. I remember it so distinctly. It was disgusting, and it scarred me so vividly. It's so gross. It was at a party I had at my parents' house. I would have been in university. My sister and I threw a blue and white party. Sorry, mom, you were gone away. One of the many. And my friend Tom was on the back deck, probably enjoying his only cigarette of his life. And I like looked out and had a puff of his. And I was like, that's so gross. I don't think he's ever smoked after that. And I never did. That was the only time in my entire life, honestly. Don't start now. I don't think I will. Uh, I always had the great excuse growing up that I was allergic to smoke and I truly am. So all good. I'm going to do number 31, which is bubbles or no bubbles in your wine. I want bubbles. Really? If, if it's the spring, like this time of year, we're moving into spring and like I switch to white wines, white Mm. bubbly wine. Yeah, like a Prosecco or Champagne. Okay, okay, okay. Or like, yeah, like, uh, I like that. And yeah. often, too, if I'm going to enjoy a bottle of wine socially, to slow myself down or to not drink an entire bottle, I'll mix in club soda just to really enjoy the drink mm, more. A little spritzer. A little spritzer just to slow me down. So I'm, I'm a big bubbles gal. Are you not a bubbles gal, Gabrielle? I don't know. I, I really do like just like white wine but I do like as soon as you said champagne I do like champagne like crushed a bottle of champagne with my friend like last week <laughs> initially <a> class gal. <laughs> no, but, like, one of my friends here? brought it to do like mimosas and then she, we had like these little mini ones I'm like let's just finish the mini ones first to do like our mixed drinks and then my friend came over and I was like oh man I have nothing to drink I'm like I have this whole bottle of champagne <laughs> and we're like, let's just do it why not I like I those high class mates. Four oh yeah. Of Vav in my am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. 
in my, well, I have one or two in my fridge and then a couple in my cupboard that I've just like collected and had. And I'm like, is this the time? Is this the isolation time? That's going to be day 13 of isolation. (laughs) Celebration. Oh my God. No, I saw this um, meme because there's so many funny memes right now. It's like like the only thing that keeps you sane. And it was like day two of quarantine, but like eight glasses of wine in. It's just like Kermit the Frog, like dancing. (laughs) It's so funny. That's the only way I would survive. Um, we are very thankful for our podcast at this time and all these virtual conversations and new friends we can meet, you know, not even right here with us from afar. So thank you again for joining us. Thank this you so much for awesome. having me. Yeah. Gabrielle, where can people find you online and how can they connect with you? Sure. Um, on Instagram, it's the green bell. Um, and on YouTube, it's my name, Gabrielle Dubois, which is a little bit hard maybe for you guys to spell. So if you want, you can always find the link through my Instagram. And we'll put it in our show notes as well. Perfect. And (laughs) I have a podcast too. It's just called The Green Bell Podcast. If you guys are interested in more like clean green beauty stuff. That's awesome. And your Instagram is beautiful. I always see Thank you. Love them. So definitely check her out and subscribe to The Green Bell Podcast if you want to learn more about green beauty. Hi all, it's Sarah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love that. And if you're feeling super generous, you can also share this episode with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at rivalandqueen at gmail.com and definitely chat with us through social. We're at Rival and Queen. All right, that's it. We love you guys. Thanks. Thanks.